Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, says, For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. That's our main text for this series. Look at it again with me. For they, we're talking about God's Word. If you look at the previous verses, you'll notice that the subject is God's Word. So we could say for they, or uh, for God's words, or God's Word, are life to those who find them. And that word health, another word, is medicine. I like that, medicine. So God's words are life to those who find them and medicine to all their flesh. And, uh, you know, it's, it is so simple. I mean, this whole process of faith, believing God, understanding what God did for us through His Word, through Christ, what's available to us is really simpler sometimes than we make it. I think sometimes we do like the whole idea of formulas. Uh, give me an A, B, C, or a one, two, three. I mean, some preachers, they always minister that way. I have a couple of ministers I know that it's always a point message. What I mean is there's, there's step one, step two, step three, or there's, you know, they're, they're using some system to give you a systematic approach. And, and I do that some. But we need to understand God is not hard to understand. He wants the best for us. And it's all laid out right in front of us. But sometimes we make it harder than it needs to be. So again, looking at this Proverbs 4.22, For they, God's words, are life to those who find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. Is God's word life to us? Amen. That's what the word says. Is God's word medicine or health to all our flesh? In other words, if we want healing or need healing in our bodies, uh, we just want to, you you know, you may not specifically need a particular, you may not have a health issue diagnosed, for example, but how many like to feel good? I do. I like to feel strong. I like to feel good. I like to feel uh, uh, ready to go, you know. Uh, you, you don't enjoy life when you're tired and worn out. You can't do anything. You're always struggling. Well, that's what we're talking about here. We're not necessarily talking about that we have to look at this from the perspective of, well, you have to have a particular disease for the healing power of God to work in your life. No, you don't. We want the life of God in us, number one, to keep us from sickness and disease, right? Isn't that better than getting healed? Not having it to begin with. I mean, so we want that Word of God in us uh, to help us to, to just guard our life from it. And if we do end up getting something somehow, then we can get healed from it. But we also want strength and vitality. We want energy. Amen? We want life. Amen? I want that for me, and I want that for you, and God wants that uh, for us more than we do. Well, we learned last week, a little bit of review, we learned last week that there's tremendous power available in God's Word. Remember, Jesus said God's words are seeds, and seeds are meant to be planted, and when they're planted, they produce whatever that seed was. So we, we said it this way, that the, that the Word of God on healing, those seeds produce what? They produce healing. So if I, if I need healing in my life, where do I want to spend some time? I want to spend some time focusing on what the Word of God says about healing, right? If I, if I need prosperity in my life, and I'm doing pretty good healthy, but I spend all my time on healing, 
then what's going to happen? I can't expect that I'm going to see a harvest of prosperity through the Word of God because I'm focusing on that. That's one of the reasons why everybody needs a good church, everybody needs a good pastor, and everybody needs to hear balance in the Word, right? You can't, I like steak. Anybody here like steak? Come on, raise your hand if you like steak. I mean, but you guess what? You can't live off steak, can you? Well, yeah. You can attempt to, but how many of you know that there's other things you need in your body, right? You need balance. You can't just, you know, everybody, well, I do. I love a good burger, a good cheeseburger every once in a while and fries. I mean, that's a good thing, but I can't live on that. You get what I'm saying? If I have it every day, what's going to happen? I'm going to look like a cheeseburger. I mean, it's eventually going to catch up with me, right? Well, the fact is, is we need balance in our life. We need a little bit of the Word all the time. I've caught myself as I've been pastoring over the years. I, can't, I catch myself uh, by the Spirit of God being leaned and driven towards uh, repeating certain things over time. Why? Because we need a balanced diet. We need to go over things we already know. How many are walking in every bit of knowledge you've ever received on the Word of God? I better not see a hand up. So do you need to be reminded to do what you know to do, right? You need to hear that. You need to be reminded. You need to be stirred up. Yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, I need to walk in love. Yeah, I need to use my faith. Yeah, I need to believe God for this. Yeah, I need to do this. Well, we need to be stirred up. We need balance in our life. Well, we need balance in every area. Amen? Well, God's Word, if we have a balanced diet of God's Word, it's going to do us good. It's going to help us. It's going to keep us where we need to be. Now, in this case, we're focusing specifically on the area of health or healing. Now, our main text said that God's Word is life to those who find them and then health or medicine to all their flesh. So the key is... With that verse is what? We need to find God's Word, right? We need to be searching diligently. We need to be... There's some work on our part. It's not just going to fall on you, all right? There are people who think, well, faith comes by hearing by the Word, so if I just stand there and I'm in church enough, enough will just come over me and wash over me and I'll have faith. It doesn't work like that. You know, you cannot live off the diet you get in church. That's not enough. That's not enough. You're going to be anemic in the area of faith and healing if this is the only place you receive anything from. What you're supposed to be doing is being stirred up and taught here, what? To take it home and continue it in your life, not just here, all right? And so that's what our goal is. We need to find God's Word. That means we stir ourselves up in that area. And then the Bible says that that Word... Once it's planted in our heart, will produce in our life. We're not going to have to work at it real hard. We just have to keep in the Word, searching in the Word, doing what we talked about. Last week, we talked about giving attention to the Word of God. We're using Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22 as our guidance, so to speak, in this series. And the first part of Proverbs 4.20 is attend to the Word of God. Everybody say it with me, attend to the Word of God. Now today's is listen closely to what he's saying. Listen to what he is saying in our life. Now, we are to stop, as we said last week, everything else in life and attend or focus on God's Word. We use some different words to just kind of help us with that. We talked about absorbing 
We talked about concentrating on. We talked about immersing ourselves in God's Word on the subject of healing if we want to see that healing Word go to work in our life. It cannot just be a surface thing. You can't just, you know, sometimes I'll hear people say, yes, I'm believing God for my healing. And I'll say, well, what scriptures have you been feeding yourself lately? And they'll be like, um, um, you know that one in, uh, uh, oh, pastor, I know it, I know it. I know. Now, what does that tell me? They're not, they're not. And guess how much faith they have if they're not? Where does faith come from? The word. You're not going to have, listen to me, the level of word you're in is the level of faith you're going to have. So if there's no word, how much faith is going to be there? Very, very, very little, weak, anemic. And so what we want to do is develop our faith, grow our faith. And how do we do that? By getting in his word. The only way to make what we're talking about in this series work is one way. That you have to make God's word absolute top priority in your life. It has to be that way. There can be no out. You can't say, well, come on, let's not get fanatical about it or anything. Let's not get crazy about this thing. If you don't get crazy about it, if you don't get fanatical about it, let's just forget this and go home. Do you think Jesus was a little fanatical? A little crazy for the Lord? Seemed to go overboard? Yeah, the disciples thought so. Lord, can't we go take a nap? Can't we get dinner ourselves? He's like, no, I got things to do. <laughs> I, got, I mean, he was fanatical about it. He was literally, if you will, crazy for God. I mean, he didn't, everything in his life wrapped around that. Yet, sometimes we think that this thing with the Word of God is on our terms. And when I want to. And when I feel like it. And if we live like that, the only time we ever get serious about God's word, listen carefully, the only time we ever get serious about it is when we're in a problem. And at that point, it's a little too late. It's like getting diagnosed with, with cancer. All right? You're going, to die, you're going to, wow, that's really? And the guy says, yeah, it's real serious. I mean, there's this and this and this and this. And you, then you say, well, let's go ahead and take a crash course on healing. Well, the problem is you already got the thing working against you. You know what we want to do? We want to get out ahead of it. We want to be out ahead of things, already planning a harvest of healing and health before we ever even got the bad report. And if we did get the bad report, that means we need to work a little overtime. Amen? you got to be serious about this. And you know, I've even seen people, and this is sad, I've been buying their bed while they were dying. And, and they've been around. They've been around somebody like me preaching this into their life all the time. And yet I'm looking at them thinking, oh, man, if you would have just done what I taught, you know, two years ago, we wouldn't be in this mess right now. And now they're this close to dying, hanging on a thread, and they're expecting some great thing to happen when the whole time is they never really did the word. They never really practice what we're talking about. And it's so easy to look at this when we don't have a big problem in our life. To say, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, guess what? One of these days, tomorrow's going to show up. And you're going to say, I wish I had done it yesterday. I wish I had done it yesterday. But wishing you had done it yesterday won't produce anything. All right? You'll see this as we go through tonight real quick. So we learned last week that when God speaks, he's not just communicating, right? He is creating or changing something. 
power is being released with every word that he speaks. We went over how the Spirit created the physical world. So in other words, God, who is the Spirit, speaks words that are life that become physical. So if God can create or change things with his words, if he can change the physical, he certainly can heal with his word, right? Is there anything too difficult for our God? We talked about there's creative, active energy in every word of God to change something or create something that didn't exist. I know some of these things we're all real familiar with, but we need to be reminded it is the power of God's word in our heart coming out our mouth that will change things in our life. Just like it can change anything else. It can change just like God when he created everything or changed everything in in some cases. The fact is that same believing in our heart, saying with our mouth, works in our life. It will fix things. It will change things. A good example, uh, you don't need to turn here, but Psalm 107.20. Remember, he sent his word. Don't even look, okay? Just write it down if you want to. He sent his word. He sent his word word remember he sent his word he sent his word everybody say he said he sent his word he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions how did he heal them with his word how did he deliver them with his word do you think he's going to do it any different in your life Do you see that? Now, this will work every single time. Remember, some people are saying, I'm just, I'm waiting for the miracle. (laughs) I'm waiting for my sovereign God to do something special in my life. And he's saying, why don't you just trust my word? My word will work every time, every single time. Everybody say every time. Every day. Is God faithful? Can we trust him? He's faithful to his word, guys. He's faithful. Listen carefully to what I just said because some of you just slipped right by you. He's faithful to his word. What is he faithful to? His word. His word. He's faithful to his word. So if we will focus on whose word? His word. Then we can be guaranteed of results. He is faithful to his word. His name's on the line. His reputation's on the line. He's not going to fail. He's not going to quit. He's not going to back off. But what we have to do is stick with his word. You've got to be like a bulldog with his word, grabbing it, and I'm not letting go. I'm getting this in me. I am not quitting. I'm going to see this thing through because I know God won't let me down. He's faithful to his word. So he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their their instructions. So how did he heal them? He sent his word, right? How is he going to heal you? He sent his word. He already sent his word. He sent his word. That word has enough healing power to heal every sickness, every disease on this planet at the same time. At the same moment. Do you realize there's no reason why we can't clean out nursing homes? No reason whatsoever. No reason that we all can't live in our 90s and then decide if we want to go home or not. No reason at all. It's all on us. But see, we listen to other things. We listen to all these reports that say, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. We listen to family who says, well, Uncle Bob died then. Grandpa so-and-so died then. My dad died so-and-so then. I thought you were delivered from your family. I'm not in the family of Osman anymore. I'm in the family of God. I don't run in the family of God. 
Amen? <laughs> it doesn't. I, besides that, Galatians 3.13 says what? I've been redeemed from the curse of the broken law. So right there, it cut it off. It's done. It doesn't pass beyond me. I'm telling you, in my family, everything changes with Lisa and I. Everything changes from here on out. Nothing has to be the same the way it was. Amen? All right. I want you, you don't need to turn here, but if you want to write down Proverbs 4, verse 20 again. Pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. The New Living says, listen carefully to my words. So God's second statement besides saying, attend to my word, is listen to my word. Listen to my word. Now, why would God say, listen to my word? He's saying that because there are a lot of voices speaking in our life that are vying for our attention. And he's saying, listen, listen to what I have to say. Listen to what I have to say. Now, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things that God says that I don't necessarily understand. Anybody there with me on that? There are a lot of things I don't understand. Now, I believe God's Word, but I don't necessarily understand how all the things happen. All right. For example, God's a big one right there. Anybody understand God? Right there, trip you up, huh? Somebody explain to me, he always was. Right? In fact, with, time, with God, there is no time. I mean, if he always was and always is and always will be, what is time to God? Remember, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is a thousand years? I don't think that's literal <laughs> in some ways. I think that... He's trying to explain with God, time is a whole different thing than we have. God can reach ahead of time. You know what I'm saying? He can see things. How does he know what's going to happen before it happens? Apparently, God's just there and time just flows around him. It's just, you know, it's just, see, right there. Now explain that to me. Go ahead, somebody. I'm waiting. You know, (laughs) I went to Bible school. You went to Bible school. There's a few other people. Anybody get taught that? No. See, why? You just believe, right? I just got to believe God and believe his word. I trust him. I believe he's not trying to put a snow job on me. (laughs) You know, it's just too big for my piddly mind to understand, right? That's the problem. My piddly mind just can't grasp how big. Man, there's a lot of things that lock my mind up. But let me give you an example. From the natural viewpoint, I don't understand how the new birth works. I understand it from God's word. I understand that I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, but I still don't understand how the process works in, in the spirit realm. I don't understand how somebody could be a brand new person by doing that. I don't understand it. But see, what I'm trying to get across to you is that God is not asking us to understand what he spoke. He's simply asking us to believe and trust his word. And see, if we'll just get beyond that, the reason I say that is because some people will stop when it comes to some things in God's Word because they don't understand. I don't understand how certain things work. Well, welcome to the club. (laughs) There's a lot of things I don't quite understand exactly how they work. I do have an understanding of things now that 20 years ago I didn't know about God's Word. My understanding is greater now 
But that's because my capacity to see things has grown. I grew, in other words. It wasn't that God changed. I grew. <laughs> you know, and ah, you know, the funny thing is I remember when I was younger in the Lord, I used to think that the more I knew about God's word, I could narrow God down. Oh my gosh, far from it. I mean, the more I know about God's word, the bigger and bigger and bigger he gets. And um, I just, I quit doing that. I don't even think about it anymore. He's just big. Amen. And that's all, that's all I got to do is believe and trust his word. And so uh, we all know Romans ten seventeen. Most of you can quote it. So then faith comes what? By hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? How does faith come? By hearing and hearing. Now, faith in anything comes by how? By hearing and hearing. That's the principle. I was trying to share that with you last week. That the principle is faith comes by hearing and hearing. No matter what you are hearing over and over, whatever you hear over and over does what? It affects your what? Ability to believe, right? If you listen to what the devil is saying about you over and over. If you were taught when you were little, you're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. You're a no good bum. You might as well just kill yourself. You're a waste of time. You're a waste of breath. God made a mistake when he made you. And someone hears that over and over and over and over and over and over and over. What eventually are they going to believe? They're a no good bum and God wasted their time and they might just blow their brains out later on in life. Faith comes by hearing. But see, this is why God said, listen to me, this is why God said, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. And you'll get faith in my word. And that word has the power to change your life. That word has the power to create. That word has the power to turn things around. But we want to listen to what he's saying. So as you and I obey the word by attending to the word and listening to what the word is saying, Faith will come in our heart. It's kind of an automatic thing. That if we listen to God's word, if we listen to what he has to say over and over and over, our faith begins to grow and develop naturally. And when I say naturally, I mean spiritually, but naturally. What I mean is you're not forcing it, right? You're not forcing it. You're just, if I take a bucket and I take a hose and I turn the water on and point at the bucket and I just hold it there, Am I really forcing the bucket to be filled, or is it just kind of filling up because that's where the outlet is, right? I could just go like that. I mean, but if I go like that, it goes in the bucket. Well, guess what? If you keep on taking in God's Word and taking in God's Word and taking in God's Word, and God's Word is faith-filled, what's going to happen on the inside of you? Faith is going to begin to grow and develop. You might start off not even believing it. You might start off not even understanding it. That's irrelevant. Just keep taking it in. Take it in. Take it in. And all of a sudden, one of these days, boom, the light will go off on the inside of it and be like, wow, I got it. I got it. You ever have one of those wow moments with the word? Everybody, you know what I'm talking about? You just all of a sudden get it. You all of a sudden see something you never saw. It's kind of the same way with faith. It's all of a sudden you're just filling up, filling up, filling up. All of a sudden you reach a certain point that I I got it. (laughs) I got it. I got it. It's going to work. I know it. I mean, I I, I got it. I got what I need. But see, it just kind of happens naturally, but it's supernatural. Okay, the process is you getting the word in you. Jesus said this, many of you can recall, if you look throughout Jesus' ministry, 
when he was on the earth, when he would deal with people regarding healing, over and over and over, you would hear him say that their faith made them whole. Okay, There are a couple of instances where he doesn't say it, but he implies it. But there are a lot of instances, or I should say the majority of instances, where he tells them, your faith made you whole. Do you think he was just encouraging them, or do you meant what he said? He meant what he said. Your faith made you whole. What is he saying? Faith works. And their faith in his word and acting on it worked and it produced in their life. Let's look at an example real quick. Go with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9, uh, verse 20. You guys will remember the story regarding the woman with the issue of blood. She tried everything she could uh, do. And the natural, the Bible says she spent all that she had and nothing worked. She's broke now. Years have passed. And she's suffering. She's getting close to dying here. And then she hears about Jesus. Now, this is what I want you to focus on. She hears about Jesus. Now, the Word of God implies to us that she heard about Jesus, but doesn't go in any detail, all right? But I want you to get this. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the Word. Now, back then, okay, they didn't have the local news, okay? She couldn't go to Channel 6 and watch what was going on locally. So how did word travel? People just word of mouth, just talking. She had to have heard, I want everybody to listen carefully, she had to have heard of Jesus and the wonderful works he was doing. Like Acts 10.38, Jesus went about what? Doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. You read Matthew's account Uh, Not about that story, but uh, if you go to the beginning of Matthew and look through, and it talked about how he went in this area and everyone was healed, in this area and everyone was healed, and so on and so forth, as he went preaching from town to town. Well, this woman, who probably was on the edge of losing all hope, as nothing's working, she hears about Jesus. And she hears this story, maybe, and that story. And all of a sudden, she begins to wonder to herself, I wonder if that's true. I wonder. And she hears story after story after story about people being healed, about the power of God setting people free. And she begins to believe in Jesus. She begin, Now, who is Jesus? He's the living word, right? She begins to believe in him. Well, she gets to the point that she not only believes in him, she's willing to act on the word. And if we see here, what I'm trying to get across to you is though faith began to rise in her heart, and then she acted on that faith. Matthew 9, verse 20. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. She didn't say I might, did she? I shall, if I get to him and I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. And now this had nothing to do with Jesus. She didn't ask Jesus to heal her, right? She did this on her own with faith. She didn't probably never met Jesus. Um, She had no plans probably to even talk with him. In fact, the Bible says she kind of cowered away in fear after she was healed. And she didn't want to be known. Why? Because she shouldn't have been out there to begin with according to the law. You know, but look here with me. She said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Verse 22. But Jesus turned around. Now we know the story, right? In, in other um, 
stories, I think in Luke, it gets into more detail. Remember the Lord said, power or virtue had come out of me. In other words, somebody touched me. And then remember the disciples? Holy cow, there's like a hundred people touching you. (laughs) I mean, what are you talking about? He's like, somebody touched me. That someone had faith and drew the power of God right out of them. I mean, here he is, the walking, living power of God. And this woman said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to draw that power right out of him. I'm going to pull that out. And so she did, and he knew it. He knew something had happened. Why? Because most of these people weren't in faith. They were just the crowd following him, hoping to get something, right? Looking for the loaves and fishes watching the amazing Jesus walk through. But this woman, she had faith. And the Bible says here, but Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Over and over, when Jesus was dealing with people who needed healing, he told them that their faith made them whole. What I'm trying to say is their faith in God's word worked. Listen to me. Your faith will work for you just like their faith will work for them. That's why it's important to teach this. This will work every single time. Every single time. But not not a happenstance. It's not one of these things I throw up and hopefully God catches it. (laughs) You know, hopefully it'll work this time. Or I'm believing God for a miracle. No, I'm just going to go to His Word I'm going to get in His Word, I'm going to grow in faith, and I'm going to use my faith to receive what God has for me. That's exactly what this woman and what this story is telling you and I, that your faith will work for you every single time. How does faith come? By hearing from the Word of God. So we need to attend to the Word of God. We need to listen to what He's saying. Now, real closely, listen to this now. In order to listen to what God says... I want everybody paying attention because this is so crucial. In order to listen to what God is saying, you need to stop listening to other voices. You need to stop listening. Now, what did he say? Remember, attend to the Word of God? Well, what does attend to something mean? Stop doing something else and attend to the Word. You know what, he, you know what the Lord is telling you? I'm going to put it plain out there. Are you ready? He's saying, stop mowing the lawn. And attend to my word. He's saying stop doing something else. Even if you think it's important at the moment. And spend some time in my word. And he said listen to what I'm saying. Now that means what? There are other voices speaking in our life. You and I know that we live in an age. Dear Lord. I would imagine that uh, 60 years ago. People could not have imagined how many voices could be speaking in your life. I mean, comparatively speaking. I mean, they had TV and radio. We have so many sources. Uh, I mean, you can just absorb all the time. Never-ending, you know? I mean, it just comes and comes and comes and comes and comes. Well, the fact is, there are so many voices. Think about it for a moment. Television, radio, music, news, newspapers, internet, magazines, family... Can you imagine family tries to influence you? Yeah? Come on, Ken. Don't get that fanatical. Don't be so crazy about the Lord. I've had him tell me that. You can miss church one time. It's no big deal. Come on. 
okay. Friends can speak in your life, you know. Come on, you could do this. Relax, chill out, you know, no big deal. Moving on. Preachers can say things, believe it or not, that don't line up with the word. Can you imagine that? Or maybe their opinions or just what they were raised with, you know. Uncle Bob and Aunt Sally, that's what they preached. Well, that's good and wonderful, but that doesn't mean it was the Word of God. doesn't mean it was the truth. Amen? We don't need to just absorb everything. Brother Hagin used to describe it as most Christians are like little, little chicks in the nest, and they're just taking whatever's being fed. You know? You ought not be that way. Amen? You ought to be listening, even to what I'm saying, and judging it against the Word of God. Not your, not your personal opinion. Not the way you grew up, but against the Word of God to say, is he telling the truth? Is that, is that right? You know, And I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I think most of the time you'll find, yeah, he's right on the money, but the, you know, especially if it offends you. <laughs> but but it, what I'm saying is, you know, I, and I'll admit, if I ever get off or, or do something, I want somebody to come tell me. You know, hey, uh, Pastor, I think, you, you know, you've you gotten off there a little bit. Amen, anybody got the guts to do that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I, I promise, guys, I'll stay with the word. I promise. <laughs> Listen, though there's all these voices, even doctors. Sometimes we take doctors as the gospel. The doctor says it, woo. It's like he is, he's just a person like everybody else. And after all, he's just practicing. It says it right on the door. And yet we take his word as the gospel. I mean, the doctor said. Well, you know, we've always been taught, you know, to respect positions of authority, or at least we should be. And I think we can take that a little too far when it comes to something like that. He's still a doctor, and he's still, guess what he's doing? Giving you his best educated guess. His best educated, he's not God. He's not God. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you, you, you don't listen, but if I got a bad report from a doctor and it was really bad, you can bet I'm going to visit me another one. And maybe a couple. Because I am not just taking this guy's you know, word for it. And then he realizes, oh man, there was something wrong with the CAT scan. You don't have a tumor. That was a nail in the CAT scan. The magnet drew it, you know? <laughs> you know. And I mean, and here you are. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And this guy's like, oh, we're sorry, we screwed up, you know? There was a whole movie about that one time I watched. It was kind of funny. I don't know. Some holiday movie, but the whole thing, she thought she was dying. And, <laughs> and all it was was something went wrong with the CAT scan machine. And she wasn't dying, <laughs> you know. But the point I'm making is somebody could make a mistake. Listen to me. I always get a second or third opinion. Amen? If it's something real, real serious, you ought to pursue that a little further. But listen, even your own body has a voice speaking in your life. You don't believe me? Go smack your toe real hard tonight in the middle of the night, you know. Or just don't feed yourself a couple of meals, you know. Your stomach will say something up there wrong, you know. I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying is your body's got a voice. Your body sometimes will say, I hurt, I hurt, I hurt, I hurt, I hurt, I hurt. I know you do. Shut up. You know, I'm trying to walk by faith, and my body keeps on telling me, hello, I'm hurt. You know, and you say, you're healed in Jesus' name. My body says, no, I'm not. 
So what we got to do, listen, do you see how easy it is to listen to those voices? And what God is saying is, listen to my voice. Now, he says it this way, incline your ear to my sayings. What does that say? If you are in a crowd and there's all kinds of people talking, isn't it hard to hear someone just talking normal? What do you do when you want to hear them? You lean in and get really close and listen only and concentrate only on what they're saying so you can understand them. There's all these voices that are speaking into your life. Some of them are truth, some of them are a lie, some of them are just a waste of time, but they're all vying for your attention. They're vying to get a hold of you. And of course, you have the devil out there using any number of resources, any number of resources. And he is speaking into your life all these negative things. And here you are trying to exercise faith. You won't be able to do that by listening to all of it. That's why the Lord said, listen to what I am saying. Pay attention to what I am saying. Lean in and listen only to what God's speaking. And God speaks to us primarily through his word. We need to put our focus on his word. Listen to what he has to say. So let's look at a couple of quick scriptures. 1 Peter 2 Acts chapter 10. 1 Peter 2, Acts chapter 10. Now remember, we're talking about this because our desire to have uh, the healing power of God, the life-giving power of God working in our physical body, but we have to do what the Word says. That Word will be life to us. That Word will be medicine to our flesh, but we have to do what the Word says. So we attend to the Word, and now we're listening to the word so what does god say about my situation my health so first peter chapter 2 verse 24 who himself talking about the lord bore our sins in his own body on the tree that means the cross that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed everybody say it with me by whose stripes you were healed now, notice that is past tense, isn't it? It says, by his stripes you were healed. Now, when was this written? This is written a couple thousand years ago, give or take. Okay? So back then, the Lord is saying, through the word of God, that by the stripes I took, you were healed. You were healed. Now, if you go back to Isaiah 53, it talks about in the future, doesn't it? Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says that by the stripes of Jesus, you're going to be healed, okay? By those stripes, you're going to get your healing. But after the cross, after we get on the other side of it, after he's been raised up, after the price has been paid, he says, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. When were we healed? When he took those stripes. When he became uh, sin for us and sickness for us. When he took our place, all right? So back then, so I, I bring all this to say this. Remember, we're listening to what God says, right? Now your body says, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not, like a four-year-old. No, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not. And, and then your head says, I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand, right? And then the doctor's saying, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick. And everybody else around you saying, you're sick, you're sick. And then all these dumb commercials on TV are saying, this sickness is happening, that sickness is happening. Go fill the medicine cabinet up because the big cold is coming. And so all these things are coming at you, and, and you're sitting here trying to use your faith in the middle of all that. And the Lord is saying what? Stop listening to everything else. Listen, getting close to me, 
and listen to what I'm saying. What is he saying? By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. Now, now everybody follow me on this. Real simple. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. What does that make me now? Healed. Yet sometimes we're walking around saying, I'm sick. Well, that's crosswise with the word. What should we be saying? I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm well. Why? He already took care of it. I'm already healed. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm already healed. Well, my body says, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Right? Everything else is saying, no, you're not. Who are we supposed to listen to? We listen to his word. You're healed. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. If you were healed, then I am healed. What should be coming out of our mouth? Just that. What should we be thinking on? Just that. What should we be listening to? Just that. That means we ignore everything else. Is he good or is he not? Now let's prove that one. Acts 10.38. Go with me there. Acts 10.38. See, this is where somebody says, well, you don't know what God's going to do. Well, I read the Bible and this is what it said. Acts 10.38. Remember, who are we listening to? We're listening to what God has to say. Nothing else. All right? He said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, what did he do with the Holy Spirit and his power? He went about doing bad things. What does this say? He went about doing good and healing. (gasps) Does that mean that good things are healing? And healing and good are connected? In other words, healing is a what? A good thing, right? He went about doing good. Now, there was a lot of things he did besides healing, right? And there's a lot of wonderful things he did. But he, he went about doing good. And the Bible says healing, healing all. Everybody say all. Now, what is the Greek meaning of the word all? Ready? All. <laughs> so how many did he heal? All. Everyone that wanted healing, that had faith to be healed, were they potentially healed? All, yes, everyone. Now, he didn't heal everyone he ever came in contact with. That would be contrary to the Word of God. If someone didn't believe, that could override that power, right? You still got to believe and receive. But the point is, everybody, everybody, everybody that ever came across Jesus that wanted healing, that had faith to receive, got it. Or had the potential to receive it, I should say. It was there. Everybody. In other words, this tells me that God didn't pick and choose, did he? He didn't say, well, it's Tuesday. Only half the crowd's getting healed. He didn't see it. God doesn't have this great big wheel. And it has healing on 90% of it, but a half chance on others. And that's where we land. Oh, well, you never understand. You know, you don't know. God's a mystery. I mean, that is, this isn't what the scripture says, does it? It says what? That Jesus went about, what did he do? He went about doing good and healing all. Now, it goes on a little further. Healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The, who was doing the oppressing? Yeah. So here, God is telling us healing, all right, healing is contrary-wise to what the devil's doing. If the devil is oppressing people, what is he oppressing them with? Well, obviously they're getting healed of something. So sickness 
is an oppression of the devil, not God. Remember, Jesus came to give us life and it more abundantly, but what did the thief come to do? To steal, kill, and destroy. Well, it's obvious where healing and sickness line up there. I've never seen life-giving stuff come from sickness. It steals, it kills, and it destroys, right? Destroys family and lives. It takes money, right? It steals everything. So it's easy for us to see where God is and where the devil is, right? It's clear. And the Bible doesn't say he did it some of the time. It said he healed all, right? Who should we be listening to? See, if we don't listen to what God's word has to say, what he, and it can't be something, guys, you heard it once. All right, I heard this once. It's something, how does faith come? By hearing and hearing. Really, you could say this, faith comes by hearing and hearing. It didn't stop. And hearing and hearing and hearing. We need to be constantly taking it in. Jesus went about doing good and healing. God's not our problem. He's what? Our answer, right? He's our healer. Real quickly, you don't need to turn here, but if you want to just write it down. In Matthew 4.4, Jesus quoted the Old Testament where he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what is he saying? Man can't live by just natural food alone, but by every word of God. Right? God's. So what does natural bread do for you? It nourishes, right? It gives you what you need. I mean, hopefully it isn't cheap white bread. You know, you're not going to get much out of that. But, but what I'm saying is it provides for you. It, it nourishes you, right? It helps you. You can't live, though, on natural bread alone, he's saying, but by every word of God. So what is he saying? God's word is something better than that natural bread. It's life for you. It's, it's nutrition for you, right? So when we consider that, the scripture Jesus quoted was about the time that God fed the children of Israel with manna every morning while they were in the desert. And you, if you don't know this, that manna, okay, that would fall, remember, on the ground, the little white, little pieces of bread, that kind of thing, manna is a type of God's Word, okay? So that's what we're talking about. So when we talk about this manna, we're talking about God's Word. Because remember, Jesus said what? He was the bread of life. Amen? Now, manna came down every morning from heaven, every morning, bread from heaven, fresh every day. Now, I want you to picture this. Every single day, the Israelites would go out and would take a little basket each for their family, and they would collect this. It was supernatural. Is God's word supernatural? So it was super, every single day, they would go out, and this supernatural bread from heaven was lying on the ground. Just enough portion for them and their family to enjoy it. Now, here's the deal, though. The manna came fresh every morning. You could only consume that day's worth of manna. It could not be stored. If you tried to store it, it would rot. It wouldn't last. Some people learned the hard way. They didn't obey God. They didn't listen to Him. And they went and tried to get more. There's always greedy people, all right? They were trying to get more. But the fact is, it wouldn't last. It was only good for that day. That manna, it tasted sweet. It provided all the nutrition a person would require to live a healthy life. The bread from heaven, again, was supernatural. They couldn't survive without their daily portion of manna. 
Jesus is saying to you and I, we cannot live on yesterday's manna. Remember what would happen with the Israelites. They had fresh manna, everybody say every day. Every day. You had to have fresh word of God every day. You cannot depend on yesterday. I have heard so many times where we're talking about healing and they'll talk about the good old days when they used to see all kinds of healing and and the power of God was doing this and that. Well, all those stories are wonderful and they glorify God. But what about today? What about today's manna, right? So what God, Jesus is telling us, you can't live on yesterday's faith. You have to have new faith. How do we get faith? From the Word of God. We have to have it every day coming in our lives. Listen to me. This is so important when it comes to faith. Daily listening to His Word provides faith for our spirit. We can't take vacations from this. It's got to be something that we're doing consistently. And again, when we do this, what do we see? Remember, God's Word is life to us and those who find them, and health or medicine to all our flesh. But we have to be taking it in. So I'm encouraging you to consume His Word daily. Attend to His Word. Listen to what He is saying through His Word in your life. And that Word will affect your physical body. That Word will renew your mind. That Word will build faith up in your spirit because it's supernatural food to you. You need it all the time. So say this with me. Say, I love Jesus, therefore I love His Word. The Word of God is alive and active, full of energy. God's Word is life to me and health and healing to my body. I give my full attention and carefully and purposely listen to God's Word. God is showing Himself to me through His Word. I know God because I know His Word. Amen? So I encourage you, get into the Word. Amen? A little bit deeper. Amen? Get in, Take some of those healing scriptures. Just meditate on them all week. Those ones we gave you last week, uh, you can add 1 Peter 2.24, Acts 10.38. Do what we're talking about. I'm telling you guys, it will fix what ails you. <laughs> It'll help build your faith up so when the challenge comes, And I'm going to be honest with you, the challenge will come eventually. Eventually, right? Jesus, what? The storms of life will come. You can't stop the storms of life from coming, but we can have victory over them. Amen? But we've got to build our house on the Word, on the rock, and build it nice and strong and tough. So when that storm comes, we'll say, do your best. (laughs) I'll be okay in Jesus' name. Amen?